Welcome to the teaching ministry of Faith Bible Church. We pray as you listen to the following message, you will be encouraged and equipped to passionately pursue Christ. For more information, please visit our website at fbcevansville.com. Well, it's good to be with you guys. As you see, we're going to approach this Sunday morning a little bit different uh, for our class, Beautiful Feet. Over the last several weeks, we have been filling our hearts and minds, um, both theologically and devotionally, preparing ourselves actually for these next few weeks. We're going to take a little bit of a pivot. Apologies, you guys can only see half of me. I know I'm short and this podium's in the way. Um, Really, it's sparing you. You only have to see half of me. Um, But we're very excited for the next few weeks as we begin to make a transition to the practical from the theological and devotional. And what we're getting at is we're actually going to have an opportunity to refine some tools in our tool belt. And the Willsies are joining us this morning to help us uh, refine those tools. As any master craftsman would be able to attest to, if you've ever worked in the trades, you can be the most skilled, wisest craftsman in your trade. But if you do not have the appropriate tools at your disposal, you are going to be incredibly limited at how beneficial you're going to be to other people. And the same thing is true of us in Christ, that we need to hone our tools. We need to have many tools available at our tool belt, and we need to refine them. We need to sharpen them in order to be able to be more effective uh, in the gospel ministry with Christ. Um, The past few weeks leading up to here, just as a point of review, and I'm excited to get to hear from people. I've already begun to hear how last week went with Bo. It sounded like that God used him, and it was a great week as he taught on evangelism and the sovereignty of God. We obviously started with our theme week, building our vision for beautiful feet uh, from Romans, right? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And it's our desire for us to all have a vision to have beautiful feet, um, to be used by Christ, to be sharing the gospel But, of course, things get in the way, and there are many barriers, which is what we covered week two, if you guys remember. Ultimately, what we concluded through Scripture was is anything that is a barrier for us sharing Christ with others finds at its root nothing more than sin, right? It is sin at the end of the day that gets in our way between us and sharing Christ with the lost and dying world. And it's love of Christ that will motivate us beyond all barriers, keeping us from sharing Christ with others. Um, Then we began a gospel progression, filling our hearts and minds with the gospel so that we are well equipped to share the gospel with others. And so we began to work our way through who is God and who is man, week three. And then next, who is or what is sin and who is Christ and the gospel and how do we appropriately respond to the gospel. And that was week four. And then last week we spoke about Bo shared with us one of the theological barriers that can particularly happen for a Reformed church evangelism and the sovereignty of God and how our belief in the sovereignty of God and that God elects and has set his love on folks before the foundations of the earth, Ephesians chapter 1, is not a barrier to us sharing the gospel, but actually freedom and sharing the gospel and a greater motivator for us to feel free to share the gospel with the lost world, that we get to be a part of this crazy, incredible process of people coming to know Christ. This morning, uh, one of the tools that we're going to begin working on is your personal testimony, your personal testimony. One of the simplest, yet maybe one of the best tools available to folks in being able to share the gospel with others. Uh, There's lots of biblical precedents. If you guys, um, by the way, if you don't have a handout, there are handouts. They're going to be very actually important this week. So if somebody would be so kind to grab 
those. Look at that, just servant's heart. Kathy's on it. Does anybody need a handout? Did everybody get one? We've got a couple folks here. I just want to make sure everybody has one this week in particular because one of the things that you're going to be doing is you're going to be writing out your testimony this week. And so very important, very crucial for you to actually have something to be able to write on. So if you need a pen as well, please let us know. We'll try to get you a pen as well. Um, but that is going to be a brief little sketch outline there for you to work on your own personal testimony. Perhaps you've done this before or you've never done it before, but hopefully by the end of this week, you will feel like you have a clear, concise way of sharing Christ with others through your personal testimony. Um, what I was getting at before, and the reason I thought everybody needed to have somewhere to write, is I'd love for you to write down some of these passages. This is the biblical precedence of examples before us and also imperatives from Scripture of why we should share Christ in this way. Think of Acts chapter 4. If anybody remembers, a couple of our apostles uh, get taken um, by the, was it the Sanhedrin? I can't remember, I'm probably butchering that. And they were commanded not to share Christ any longer, right? And then how did they respond? You do what seems right before you. We cannot help but speak about the things of which we have seen and heard, right? Almost like if Christ is bubbling over in their hearts and out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks, they cannot help but speak about the things of which they have heard and seen. And then they walked away rejoicing, counting it a privilege to be persecuted for Christ, right? Right there, they could not help but speak about Christ. How beautiful is that? Beautiful theology should lead to beautiful feet. And that's what was happening with the apostles, and that's what we're praying God will do more and more here at Faith Bible. Also, the lady at the well in John 4, we spoke about her a couple of weeks ago, right? That Christ has this predestined encounter with the lady at the well. She doesn't know any theology, hardly whatsoever. All she knows is to point people to Jesus. Come and see the man, right, who told me all I ever did. She's just pointing to Christ. That is a testimony. Pointing to Christ, pointing to Christ. We're going to get into that more here. We have an imperative in 1 Peter 3. Peter commands us, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it's not Peter, it's Christ who's commanding us, always be ready to give a defense for the hope that is within you. Right? Your personal testimony. Somebody says, why are you so weird and happy all the time? <laughs> or whatever it might be. Why is it you're not mad at the trash man for knocking over your trash every week like he does ours? Or whatever it might be. There's an opportunity right there to be ready to give a defense for the hope that is within you. There's a personal testimony opportunity right there. And we're commanded to that in Scripture. Last thing somebody says to you before they die or leave is often one of the most important things they say to you. Is it not? Right? Or at least that's how Hollywood portrays it. You know, often don't know it's your last opportunity. So, uh, But if you think about it, right, and you knew ahead of time, is the last chance I have to you know, leave a nugget of wisdom or truth or you know, share some love on my children, you're going to make that moment count. You're going to really think through those words in that conversation. Christ knew this is the last moment he's going to have with his apostles in Acts 1 before he ascends. And what is it that he says to them and shares with them? He said, you'll receive power when the Spirit comes upon you, right? And you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem and Judea and to the ends of the earth. You'll be my witnesses. You'll profess me. You will confess me to a lost and dying world. And Jerusalem, of course, Judea a little farther out, Samaria a little farther out, ends of the earth, right? It's going to go to the ends of the earth. We are commanded in Scripture. We have many examples of Scripture of using your personal testimony. And so it's a great tool for us this morning for us to get to flex a little bit and refine that tool. So we're going to do that. 
this morning to help us have a little bit of perspective and some uh, stories of the personal power of a personal testimony. I've asked the Willsies to join us this morning, so thanks for being willing to join me, John thanks and Lindsay. Um, John first is, is going to uh, share us um, some stories of the power of a personal testimony, both in your life and the lives of others. So why don't you share yep. that with us? Uh, is this thing on? Good, yeah, cool, so. sweet, thanks. Um, so yeah, like Caleb said, my name is John Wilsey. I've uh, been at Faith Bible Church since like 2006. So know many of you, maybe some of you I've uh, never talked to. I apologize. Come talk to me. I'd love to talk with you. Um, but yeah, so testimony is extremely important to me and it has, a, has had an effect on my life. So first, and actually me coming to Christ, um, I, went to, I came down to USI uh, for school and uh, upon going to a fall retreat, I was riding with a senior, and, uh, and he shared with me his testimony. And, uh, and it was the first time I've ever heard him say, you know, he started out a lot like I would in my, if I had a testimony. I was raised in a Christian home, church every Sunday, vacation Bible school, just all these prerequisites of, oh, I know what being a Christian's like. And, uh, and he was the same way. And then, he, and then he says, well, then I found out I wasn't a Christian. And I'm like, Oh, like, hang on a minute. So there's instantly God's using that specific testimony to show me that there's a difference other than just being raised in a Christian home and knowing who God is and having John 3, 16 memorized um, was extremely important. And then he busts out Galatians 1, 10. I'm like, hang on a minute. Like, I know there's a book of Galatians, but who has that stuff memorized? And he has Galatians 1, 10, you know, it talks about seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I still trying to please man? Mm. Uh, for if I was still trying to please man, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. And I'm like, oh, I want that. Like, I want to start memorizing Scripture. And so just having that desire, I guess, early, but probably in a selfish, prideful way. Um, and so that kind of helped pave the way with that, along with, you know, going through campus outreach things and then here in Ephesians 2 for the first time that we are dead in our trespasses and sins in which we once walked. And so for me, uh, in, in coming to Christ, it was, you know, God using his word in Ephesians chapter 2 to show me that God cannot just sweep my sins underneath the rug because I asked for forgiveness. I had no doubt that I, I had sinned, but everyone does, right? Mm -hmm. But if I ask for forgiveness, he'll forgive me, and I'm a Christian because of all this stuff I do. And God can't do that. And that's seen, obviously, through the cross, but seen in Ephesians 2 because we're dead to God because of our sin. That had a drastic impact on me because of... Uh, that was where my identity was found in being a Christian, and all of a sudden this started tainting. So fast forward, you know, came to Christ um, because I heard the great news in all the world that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I saw uh, my sin, saw that I was actually a sinner, and saw my need for Christ. And then I heard the good news um, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save me. And so came to Christ, um, you know, fall of 2006 um, as a combo of, of these things. It wasn't a particular moment in time for me, but just people pouring into me and, and God using them to draw me to himself. And then since then, like just sharing my testimony in any opportunity that I can. So one thing I've done here at Faith Bible, I've been teaching the high school Sunday school class now for I don't know, maybe eight years. I, I, I lose track. It, it could be four. It could be like 20. I don't know. But I think around <laughs> eight years is what I've been teaching shortly after I graduated college. Um, started, you know, co-leading it with some, some guys. And um, 
I try my best to share my testimony in that, especially when a new group comes in. So just in July, we had eighth graders move up and had a good group, great group moving up. And I shared my testimony with them, one, because I want them to see, hey, what kind of prerequisites do I have? It's like, he's teaching me, what's he about? Mm. Sharing my testimony, but also, they probably had a similar background as I did, where raised in a Christian home, church every Sunday, you know, teaching, I knew these stories, whatever, but like, you know, that doesn't necessarily negate that you're a Christian. You know, you need to see your need for Christ, repent, and um, and pursue him, and so um, that was extremely so helpful. And then, I you don't always know when your testimony is helpful when it's not. Like they don't come to you and say, "Hey, your testimony is very helpful. I came to Christ last week." Like it just it doesn't always happen like that, right? And I remember three years ago uh, there was a girl that was in the high school class. I had no idea about this, but she's coming up for the baptism service and shares her testimony. And she said that, hey, my high school teacher shared his testimony, and God used that. And it's not me, right? It's him. Look to him. I butcher my testimony. I'm not great at sharing. Um, but I just share what God's done and point a mirror back to him. And so uh, I had no idea that that happened. It happened, you know, probably a year prior. And, um, and so God using that. So just because you're sharing your testimony with as many people as you can and no one is telling you, that it has an effect on them, do not let that discourage you because you do not know how God is going to use that. And we were talking, you know, in the midst of this, and in Isaiah 55, 11, God says that my word will not return to me empty, but will accomplish that for which I purpose it. Um, and, uh, and so God uses his word and his, um, how he uses his people. He uses these things to draw men and women to himself. And so don't get discouraged. Share your testimony. And it's great. So. It's a couple of really good pictures of, first and foremost, the, the power of the personal testimony in your life as God used Heath's testimony to draw you to himself. And, of course, he's sharing his word, which we'll get more into that in a second. And then, yeah, it all, it all comes for full circle. And now as his children, God can use our testimony to be powerful in the lives of others. Um, Lindsay, uh, this morning, uh, for a little background for you guys, if you don't know Lindsay very well, for starters, shame on you. She's awesome. You should know her. Um, you should get to know her. John, John agrees. Uh, he married her. I hope so. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lindsay's been on staff. How many years now have you been on staff with Campus Outreach? This is Outreach? my 17th year. 17th year. That's longer than some of y'all have been alive. Um, front row, represent. Um, 17? This will be my Yeah. Time. So 16. Okay. <laughs> Wow, I did not know it was that many years. It's incredible. 17 years she's been on staff with she Campus Outreach. She started when she was five. Yeah, she started when she was five. That's right, she's 22. It's about right. Carry the one. Yep. Um, so in the midst of that, obviously many of us love Campus Outreach, love many of those who have been involved with it or on staff with it over the years. And as many of us know as well, incredible training over the years is provided and given to many young students as well as the staff that are on staff with Campus Outreach. And so Lindsay has a unique perspective to be able to share with us, one from somebody who day in and day out has the freedom and availability. It is her job to be able to do this. And so such a wealth of wisdom and experience here uh, available for us. And you just have a couple of key things from all the years of training and development and just personal opportunities. You think of what is the purpose of a personal testimony? 
Yeah, thanks for letting me share. I, um, I love evangelism. I love getting to tell people about Jesus and just testifying about him. So thanks for letting me have the opportunity. Um, and I think one of the cool things about the testimony is, like Caleb said, you know, you have, I think he's used this illustration multiple weeks of just you have your tool belt that's full of, you know, tools for evangelism. And you're kind of one of them is your personal testimony. So you're pulling out that tool of your personal testimony. And so I think um, with this, it's so versatile to be able to accommodate to your audience and who you're talking to. Your own personal story can really customize that to, to the person. But I think really the purpose is to testify about God. Not to, it's not about you. It's not about your life. It's really about what God has done in your life. And so I was thinking also about John 4, the woman at the well, who she goes back to her town and says, come see a man who's, who told me everything I ever or, everything I ever did, and so she's she's pointing people to Jesus, or in Galatians 1, um, 23 and 24, where Paul, the people are saying, you know, they only, you know, they come, you know, Paul was basically like he'd been persecuting Christians, and they said, um, they only were hearing it said, he who used to persecute us is now preaching a faith he once tried to destroy, and then it says, and they glorified God because of him, and so our goal in our testimony is for people to glorify God and to be pointing people to God and testifying about him. And even in John 9, the blind man, um, when he was healed, you know, people are asking him all these questions. And he's basically like, I don't know. But one thing I know is that I once was blind and now I see. And it's basically like, this man has changed me. And so I think, again, our, the purpose really is to point people to Jesus and to, to lead them to him. And within that, I think we have the really unique opportunity to share the gospel within our testimonies so that we're not just talking about ourselves over and over and over, but we're really pointing people to the gospel. And so um, a way that you can do that, I think, for example, the other day I'm talking to one of my friends and she was explaining how she felt really shameful. Like she said, I don't feel like I'm good enough for God. And so in my head, I'm like, ding, 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 I used to feel that way. This is a great opportunity for me to come in and be able to share my own story of how I used to feel like I wasn't good enough for God. I always felt like I was kind of the second-class Christian. I wasn't, and, and I wasn't a Christian, so I was able to share my personal testimony through that opportunity. But within that, I began to tell her, I actually recognized that all of us have sinned. There's a verse in Romans, I told her, in Romans 3.23, that says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then I was able to share, but there's good news, Chloe, I said. Um, I explained to her that in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we could become the righteousness of God. So I start telling her this good news, but I'm incorporating my personal testimony into that, relating to her, helping her to see that I understand, I can relate. But here's some hope, here's good news that, that God's word says. And so similar to how Heath shared the power of his story with John, and John comes to Christ through that, I think um, we have an incredible opportunity to not only just testify about our own lives and all of that, but to really point people to Jesus and the power of the gospel that it can truly transform us. So, yeah. That's great. Um, what about also, and many of you guys are probably thinking about this, I'm having a conversation with somebody. Maybe you're up along the fence line with your neighbor or you're out to eat with a coworker and you see the opportunity. You would love to get to share with them your testimony, but you're like, how in the world do I transition this conversation? How do I get there, right? We're talking about baseball or we're talking about manicuring our lawn or you know, whatever it might be, fill in the blank, the everyday clutter that fills our conversations in everyday life. How do I get from talking about that to talking about Christ. What are some things that have been helpful for both of you guys as far as transitioning conversations 
Because if we often wait for them to bring it up, it may not happen, right? And so we, I think we are challenged to be intentional, even thinking about the lady at the well. Christ segued that conversation. She was there getting water, offers him water. He asks for some water, and then as she goes to get it, he said, well, if you knew who I was, you'd ask me for water, right? That was a transition moment right there. And she's probably thinking he's nuts. What is this guy talking about, right? Wells of living water. Uh, but Christ was segueing that conversation ever so master craftsman-like. What are some things that have been helpful for you guys as far as segueing conversations to being able to share your personal testimony? So I would say here recently, something you can do is, hey, we just had a Sunday school lesson over sharing our testimony, and I just want to practice. Can I share it with you? <laughs> and just say that. And then they're going to be like, yeah, because they're your neighbor and, you know, whatever. But I would say aside from, like, the next week or so, do that, okay? Ask if you can share it because you want to practice. Um, but also, I would – I like the question. So even in Evansville, the uh, predominant thing that I find is there's a lot of Catholics. Oh, I was raised Catholic, okay? So I don't think it's a weird question, but it does transition. It's just asking someone, hey, do you go to church anywhere? Oh, no. It's like, were you raised in a church, or what's kind of that, kind of, kind of your spiritual background? That's a very not super offensive way, not super in your face, but kind of a common thing you can do. It's like, well, I was, I'm Catholic. Oh, okay. So, you know, do you go to, you know, mass? currently or just you know every now and then or were you raised that way kind of what's your what's your thoughts about God let them share and then you can say you know I was kind of raised in a Christian home where I actually wasn't raised Christian at all and I didn't even think about going to church until blank and then share your testimony kind of transition into that I find that to be a very kind of unoffensive, you know, not as offensive question, not in your face, like super awkward. It's going to be awkward, okay, sometimes, okay, it's not a big deal. Be awkward. It's fine. Um, but asking just, were you raised in a church or what's your background like, you know, going to church, that's where things have been helpful for me. Yeah, I would agree. I think be, being a good question asker is a good starting point. You want to ask good questions to people. And then I don't think it's awkward to just say, could I share a little bit of my story with you and tell them your own story. Most people aren't going to say, no, I don't want to hear it. They'll, they'll listen to your own story. And you, depending on the person and where they're at and how well you know them and spiritually where they're at, you may call it your testimony or you may just say my journey with God or my faith story, depending on what their background is and how much they understand. But I think um, one of the things like I think is being a good listener because so many people will bring things up that are spiritual that aren't, they don't know that it, like they're talking about, they're fearful of getting, you know, COVID or their, their um, family member is dying. You know, I was on an airplane recently and this lady next to me was, um, she just started crying, talking about her story. And she said, I just, I just left Evansville um, because my granddaughter passed away. And so she's weeping next to me on this plane. I don't know this lady. And I'm like, okay, like this, this lady is, this is a perfect opportunity for me to come in and just share some hope with this lady. And so I'm trying to listen to this lady's story. I'm trying to hear and obviously listen and empathize and care for her. But it was an opportunity that I was able to share like, hey, just earlier today, I was reading this passage in the Bible. I'm not really sure if you believe in the Bible or where you're at, you know, in your relationship with God, but 
and got to share my testimony, a little bit of my story and a little bit of truth. And so that was on an airplane with someone I didn't have a relationship with. But typically, this you're going to get to share your story maybe with someone that you do have a relationship with. Maybe it's your neighbor, and you're listening for those opportunities where they're talking about things in life. You know, even I can think of people who've talked about just like, yeah, I just go to work and go home, and life is just kind of... Maybe they're talking about their purpose in life, or maybe they're talking about their identity, feeling like insecure about their job. Or Those are all opportunities that you can come in and share. You know, I used to feel really insecure about my life and where my life was headed and what my purpose was, but 10 years ago, I became a Christian. I mean, something like that. I'm just giving an example of, like, you're listening. That's why your testimony is so um, able to really accommodate to different audiences and different settings, because you're listening for those things that people are talking about that aren't necessarily, they're, they're maybe not directly talking about the church or the Bible or things like that, but they're talking about deeper things that you can really tie into your own personal story, just like with the girl I was talking to this week who was talking about the, you know, the shame she felt. It's like, I relate to that, so I'm going to share some of my story because she's brought up something um, that is easily relatable to spiritual things, so I think those are I think being a good listener and listening for opportunities that people are talking about just, you know, a girl I remember I was talking to one time, she was like, well, I'm going to graduate college and get a job. And then I'm like, and then what? And she's like, well, then I'm going to make money. And I'm like, why do you want to make money? She's like, well, because I want to have a nice house. And I'm like, and then you get a nice house. And then what? Like, she was just going through this, like, and then I'll get married. I'm like, what if you don't get, like, or what if you get married? She's like, and then we'll have kids. And then we'll, like, and then I was like, and then what? And she's like, and then I guess... I die, and I'm like, what are you living for? Like, asking some deeper questions and then sharing with her, like, I actually felt similarly, and here's kind of some of my story. So I think just listening for opportunities to be able, and, and sometimes it is just asking them, can I, can I share some of my story? Um, but sometimes it is just relating to them and some of their own personal fears or insecurities or questions about life or purpose or the hope that you have that, yeah, why are, why are you so happy right now when our world is falling apart. Why are you not scared about this? Or why are you living like this? And things like that. So mm. being ready to testify about those things. I was just talking to a friend of mine this morning who just found out his mother has cancer. And we were just talking about how this is a real opportunity. Of course, he and his mother are both believers. And so they're very hopeful in and out of the hospital or with family members that aren't believers that this will be an opportunity to give a reason for the hope that is within them. Um, everyone in the world has been touched by the consequences of sin and death in this world. And they are deeply desiring to find answers <laughs> to that problem. Every problem somebody has is a spiritual problem. The key is, is us having the opportunity to help them see where that need is met in Christ, right? If they're struggling with work, if they're struggling with finances, if the relationship, whatever it might be, I love, I thought, being a master craftsman at asking good questions. Actually, just loving somebody enough to ask them questions about their life, get to know them personally. If you learn one thing about a person's personal life, you have an opportunity to share Christ with them now. Because that thing, if they don't know Christ, is broken. And the only one who can heal it Fix it, redeem it, restore it, and make it glorifying to God is Christ. And so you have an opportunity for the gospel there. So asking great questions, dialoguing with people, and that will be your opportunity there to be able to share Christ and share the hope that you have within you. I love just to recap a couple of things, and then we're going to have an opportunity for each of you to be able to actually work on your personal testimonies a little bit. I'll walk you through the structure here in just a moment. So first we talked about the power 
of personal testimony. Wilsey sharing just the power in his own personal life as well as the power in others. So that is part of the motive for us of why this is a good tool for us to see. And we, I think we've all experienced that in our lives, right? Even if it wasn't a verbal personal testimony, it could have even been a nonverbal personal testimony as you grew up around somebody who was a believer, right? But eventually someone must open their mouths. Romans 10 is very clear on that. How can they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Someone must share Christ. Um, personal testimony importance of a personal testimony. So it's powerful. And then some key things that help us understand the purpose of a personal testimony. You said this. I'm going to repeat it because I think it's so good. Your testimony is not about you. I'm going to say it again. Your testimony is not about you. It's actually about Christ. The whole point of a personal testimony, yes, it's about your life, but you want to help them see your life is actually not about you at all. It's about Christ. And the purpose of a personal testimony is, yes, it's going to be relatable. And yes, your life is the conduit, but your life is the conduit of which you help them better know Christ and help them see Christ in and through your life and what Christ has done in and through your life. And that points them to Christ. Come and see the man who told me all I ever did. I don't know how I'm healed. All I know is I was once blind and now I see. Pointing to Christ, pointing to Christ constantly. I don't know why I'm joyful all the time. Well, actually, maybe I do. Here, here's why I'm joyful all the time. It's Christ, right? Whatever it might be, your personal testimony is an opportunity to point to Christ. Your testimony is not about you. It's about Christ. So maybe a great opportunity here for us in the next five to seven minutes in a moment to rethink your personal testimony. How much do you say me, I, myself in your testimony and replace it with he, him? Christ. Your testimony is not about you. It's about Christ. Also, you mentioned it's highly customizable, right? It's the Swiss army knife of gospel tools is the way I like to think of it. I don't know if any of you had cool Swiss army knives growing up. I had the one that had the little toothpick and the scissors that are completely unfunctional. The scissors were never good in my Swiss army knife, but the personal testimony is even better. It's the Swiss army knife because you can customize it to whatever the need is the person's going through because scripture is very clear there is nothing under the sun that is unique, right? All sin, all struggles with sin, everything in this world is common. We all struggle with the same things because we're all sinners. We all fall underneath Adam. We all need Jesus, right? And so there's nothing that anybody you're talking to you can't relate with in one way or another. It may not be, you know what I mean, dollar for dollar, exactly the same, right? We all haven't had and been touched by sin in the exact same ways, but we've all experienced loss and the consequences of sin in this world. And so you can customize and come alongside and love someone empathetically and share the gospel with them through your personal testimony. Maybe they've experienced the loss of a child. Maybe you've experienced the loss of a parent, so on and so forth, right? You never want to say that one is greater than the other or that they're the same, right? But they are the same in the sense of there's a reason both these things have happened. There's a reason both of us have gone through this loss. This is where I found my hope. Maybe it would be helpful for you as well, right? So it's the most customizable tool of all the tools that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. Many of the other tools we're going to be talking about are more like sniper rifles, and they're just they're very specific. They serve very good purposes. They penetrate very deeply. They're kill shots. They're great. But the testimony is probably not the best illustration. I'm going to get a talking to by one of the elders probably on that. But the testimony is so broad in its scope of use, right? Such a blessing of how it can be used in that way. 
And lastly, John, you got to this, but I wanted to highlight this again, and then we're going to have an opportunity to work, is what is the power behind the personal testimony? So we talked about the power. We talked about the purpose. One of the purposes is point to Christ. And it's easily customizable. It's, it's function. But what is it that makes a personal testimony actually powerful? And I don't know if anybody caught it, but what makes a personal testimony actually powerful is if it contains the gospel. And this is one of the greatest things I want us to work on this morning. I want us to be clear. I want us to be concise. But I also want it to point to Christ. The personal testimony is an opportunity to share the gospel. But it's also an opportunity just for us to talk a lot about ourselves and to leave Jesus out of it entirely. Your testimony should include the gospel. And one of the best and easiest ways to make sure that it does, share scripture. As you share your testimony, share scripture. How does anyone come to Christ? Let's go back to our theme, beautiful feet. How are they call upon him who they have not heard, right? And everyone that comes to Christ comes to Christ through what? Through the hearing of the words of Christ. So share the words of Christ in your personal testimony. One of y'all mentioned it. I don't remember if it was John or Lindsay. That this is an incredible opportunity to motivate us to scripture memory. Now we should already have that motivation, hopefully, just for our own personal edification and growth and enjoyment of God. But this is another great opportunity for scripture memory. To have just one or a couple of verses tucked away in your head. And that's what's going to give you the ability to customize on the fly as you're sharing with folks Oh, there's a perfect verse about that, right? Even this morning, thinking about Isaiah. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Why? Because he trusts you. And as I'm talking to my friend who's just found out his mother has, Christ, or has cancer, that verse comes to mind, right? Just to be an encouragement, just to be a blessing, man. It's just like, it's going to be so hard. You know, you're going to be like the centurion this moment. I believe, I believe. Help my unbelief, right? But... We need this truth. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. As you have scriptures tucked away in your heart and in your mind, which is why we started there, filling our hearts and minds with Christ the first five weeks. But now we need to get practical and work on these tools that will overflow from your heart into the lives of others. So I want it to be about Christ, knowing it's customizable, and then use scripture. Even if it's just one verse this morning as you're writing down, I want you to at least include one verse from Scripture in your testimony. Um, you know, some of the ones that John and Lindsay brought up this morning, Romans 3.23, right? Which is? Ooh, personal test. Well, no, sorry, that's sin and sin. Yeah, for all. all. Yes. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, right? But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.21, right? If you want to help them understand sin. Phone is sin. God made him who... Knew no sin to be sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Here we are, no sin, right? Imputed righteousness. Now you can get into some real heady theological stuff and completely lose them. Um, but 2 Corinthians 5.21, a great, great verse to help someone simply understand the great exchange, right? Coming to know Christ. Ephesians 2, John mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. oh, one of the best little gospel passages. Ephesians 2. What verse in Ephesians 2 do you like? Obviously, 1 through 10 is fantastic. Any one in particular? I mean, so I like hitting on, like, the first 1 to 2 because it talks about, and you're dead in your trespasses and sins in which mm -hmm. you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of power, the other spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Mm -hmm. But then your Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 is extremely important, right? For as by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not your own doing, right? You're dead in your trespasses and sins. It's not your own doing. It's a gift of God, 
not a result of work so that no one may boast. So it's not your church attendance. It's not how many verses you have memorized. It's not your morality. It's the grace of God, which we see through um, the face of Christ. It's perfect. Um, and you're probably thinking of others, and great, praise God, right? All of Scripture is God-breathed, profitable, right? Teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness. God will use His Word. So if there's a passage that God is laying on your heart, great, use it, praise God. So what we're going to do now for the next five to seven minutes, I know it may be brief, uh, is we're going to work our way through the little outline that you guys have. So if you want to look at that, I just put a very simple structure Obviously, there's lots of great ways to share your testimony, and the Spirit will move you in opportunities as they come to be. But I think it's important for us to at least, as Lindsay said, at our tool belt, have ready at our disposal, right, a well-prepared, clear, concise, Christ-centered personal testimony to be able to share with others. And this is a great way to be able to do that, I feel like, over the years as God has refined that in me. So first and foremost, just sharing a little bit that you're relating to whatever you've been hearing now to the person you've been talking to, hearing about their struggles in life, right? You're relating now empathetically to them your life before Christ. That's interesting. You know, that's a lot like what my life used to look like as well. And, and then relate that, my life before Christ. But of course, this is before you knew Christ. Then you want to share, and this is a great opportunity maybe for that passage of Scripture, how you saw your need for Christ, how you saw your need for Christ. But then I saw finding my hope and purpose and work was never going to satisfy me. Then, you know, I came to realize what C.S. Lewis said, that if anyone has a desire in this world, which this world cannot satisfy, the only logical conclusion is that I was not made for this world or that I was made for another world, right? And then you can point them to the passage that says that God has set eternity on the hearts of men in such a way that he does not understand, right? Boom, there we go help them see how you saw your need for Christ that might help them see their need for Christ and then just share briefly how your life looks different in Christ right now I have that hope now I have that purpose now I have that satisfaction whatever it might be it's not perfect I'm not perfect I'm still a work in progress but God has changed me and my life looks so different now so just a simple little structure there life before Christ how you saw your need for Christ and your life now after Christ I'm going to give you guys about five minutes, and we're going to keep this piffy here, so I apologize to be able to work on that, and then we may have a minute or two to ask any other follow-up questions. Um, some of you may be completely done and thought, okay, that was more than enough time. Others are like, I need like an hour to be able to finish working on this, and that's okay. The desire of this morning was one just to give a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of instruction. Um, and to really serve as a primer to motivate you of, you know what, I do. I, I want to work on refining this tool more. Or, yes, I am very excited about having an opportunity this next week to be able to share. Um, for some of you, it could also be a challenge to think and pray about your personal testimony. Uh, there are many times over the years that I have found it to be the case that when someone goes to work on their testimony... They come to Christ and realize, I don't have a testimony. Or something, something isn't adding up here as they hear the testimonies of others. And so I, I want to encourage all, I spent the first 19 years of my life filling a pew seat. But I did not know the Lord as my dad stood on the podium and preached. I'm a preacher's kid. I grew up my whole life going to church. Did not know Christ. Um, and so let that be an encouragement for all of us to have a reason the hope 
that is within us, Christ can work in the lives of people filling pew seats decades after they started filling those seats. Um, also, it, it may be a challenge, as you hear some people's stories, your story does not have to be their story, if that makes sense. Often there's a comparison that can happen. I want to protect you from that, try to guide you away from that. There are some that will have incredible, powerful stories, and their life will look so different before they came to Christ, and the, their life in sin was a glorious sinful. It was very, very sinful, right? And there was lots of bells and whistles to their sin, and you're thinking, oh, man, my life of sin is so boring compared to their life of sin. I wish I had a great testimony. No, praise God. Praise God for your pharisaical upbringing, if that's what it was, instead of you know, being incredibly worldly and different. God is gracious in both, right? And God is glorified in both and help people see the difference. There will be somebody someday that will have the same upbringing as you, just like John said. He was very much brought up in the church, right? Somebody somewhere will be able to relate to that one day. Praise God for that. That's a good thing. John also brought up to me just a moment ago, I think he had to step out, take care of his kiddo, he heard a quote one time from Spurgeon that was fantastic. I had never heard this before. Spurgeon once said, he met a lady one time, and she could not remember when her birthday was, but that did not mean that she was not born. If you have trouble thinking about when exactly it was you came to Christ, and you can't really identify a day or a point in time, that is the case for many in Christ, folks. There isn't always just one big day where you know for sure you bent the knee and everything changed in that moment. God works in mysterious ways, and his spirit sometimes will irrevocably work at a single point in time, and you know when it was that Christ broke you and drew you to himself through his grace and kindness. And then for others, they look back, and it's more like a sunrise. You don't know exactly when it started. You don't know exactly when it came up, but there was this period of time, and now you just know it was once dark, and now it's light, right? It doesn't mean you weren't born. Because you're for sure born again, right? You look at it now and you see the fruits of the Spirit. You see how Christ has changed your life. Um, it's just different. And that is okay too. Once again, my life before Christ, saw my need for Christ. Don't know exactly when that played out. But it did. And I definitely see it now. And I see how he worked in my life. And here's my life now, right? I once was blind. Now I see. And he did it, right? So I want that to be an encouragement to you guys that sometimes working on your testimony can be a challenge to us personally of evaluating, considering, and praying over how is it that God worked in my life. That's not a bad thing. Praise God for that. Let that draw you to worship. Um, lastly, I want to encourage you guys to two things. I want you to share your testimony this week. Over the last five weeks, hopefully Bo continued it last week, I have been intentionally trying to challenge you guys who is someone you've been thinking about, who is someone you've been praying about, Right? Who is someone that God has been laying on your heart that you would love to see come to know Christ? As we are filling our minds and hearts with Christ every single week, growing and having beautiful theology, God is calling us to have beautiful feet. And surely there are somebody, somewhere, whether it's a coworker, a neighbor, a friend, a family member, whatever it is, fill in the blank, God has been putting them on your heart, and that is not by accident. I want to encourage you to prayerfully lean into that and to step out on faith this week. And to seek an opportunity, be intentional even, be a creeper even, stalk them even if it's necessary, to prayerfully beg God, give me an opportunity to confess you. I mean, Christ said in Matthew 10, whoever confesses or acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge and confess him before the Father in heaven, right? And the apostles couldn't but help bubble over, right? And they're confessing of Christ. Praise God, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, 
want to pray that we would just be enjoying Christ so much this coming week, we couldn't but help share him with others. Let's pray. We'll be dismissed for service. Father God, we thank you so much for this morning. And God, we thank you for the power of the personal testimony. God, you have used the professing of Christ through the lives of changed people from the outset of your people. That God, you have sovereignly decided to use your weak, broken, imperfect people who love you because you loved us first to help others come to know you. You could have made the rock shout. You could have written the gospel in the heavens and the stars. But God, you chose to use us. Namely, because it brings you more glory. And praise God for that. That that is what we want. That is our chief end. To enjoy you. To make you known and to glorify you through our lives. And the sharing of our testimony of how you have worked in our lives and helping others see Christ more clearly and gloriously through the changing of our lives. Lord, what a privilege that is. I pray that we would be a privileged people that would see it as such an honor and responsibility.